Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome, friends. We can easily feel surrounded by liberal journalists making nonsense, so you can either tune them out or tune in to the Newsbusters podcast. You may want to check out our boss Brent Baker's Twitter feud for all his photographs of the European cruise he's on with Young America's Foundation. He was just in Normandy. That's at Brent H. Baker. That's the Twitter page. Let's start today with the White House cocaine. She don't lie, she don't lie, she don't lie, cocaine. Uh, the Secret Service concluded on Thursday... They somehow couldn't locate a suspect for this baggie of illegal white powder. What if it was anthrax? You had to love that MSNBC pundit Andrew Weissman, or as Mark Levin says it, Weissman, colorfully remarked, the Secret Service looks like it can't find a dead cow in a closet. Yes, ba-ding-ding, ding, that is it. <laughs> Secret Service incompetence exposed. Now, a fact-based journalist could say, well, there's no proof as far as we know that this is Hunter Biden's cocaine, like all those conservatives are saying. But this is first a Secret Service scandal that the White House can't find a culprit in one of the most secure places in the world, or so we would think. That is enough to make this apparent end result, this very dissatisfying conclusion, a news story. But guess what? On Thursday night, ABC didn't have it. NBC had it. CBS had it, called it a big story. ABC still stuck on flooding in Vermont. PBS, the PBS NewsHour, had three sentences on this development, 20 seconds of incredibly bored tones from anchor Amna Navaz. Then right after that, there's this puzzling thing about President Biden charged today Senator Tommy Tuberville is jeopardizing American security by blocking military promotions. Well, part of that is about the Pentagon suddenly deciding they are going to pay people to get abortions. Oh, we'll get you a hotel, get you a few meals while you're killing the baby. And then, bizarrely, PBS just puts this snippet of Biden on here saying, the idea that we're injecting into fundamental foreign policy decisions what in fact is a domestic social debate on social issues is bizarre. I don't ever recall that happening, ever. And it's just totally irresponsible in my view. Hey, Joe, you started it. This is your Pentagon. Bill Clinton's Pentagon made sure we had gays openly in the military. Barack Obama's Pentagon made sure we had open transgender people in the military. Now Joe Biden's White House is making sure we'll get you a taxpayer-funded abortion. And he thinks this is unprecedented, the Republicans. Uh, make sure you check out uh, some of the things Curtis Houck has done on this, the way that the media is sort of fussing about Senator Tuberville. So, yeah, the PBS NewsHour has 20 super bland seconds on cocaine. And then at the end, 
They had 10 minutes and 43 seconds blabbing about the 50th anniversary of something Watergate. In this case, 50 years since they discovered Nixon made tape recordings. So it's 20 seconds on Biden, 643 seconds on Nixon, and of course on Trump. Uh, this featured MSNBC regular Jill Winebanks, no Curtis, not Jill Wine Mom, but this is the left on parade. I would rather hear PBS do 10 minutes on how 50 years ago Jim Croce topped the pop charts with bad, bad Leroy Brown. But they can never stop talking about bad, bad, tricky dick. It's not like they're going to spend 10 minutes marking some anniversary of a Clinton scandal. Oh, it's been 25 years since they discovered Monica Lewinsky at a blue dress. And now we'll spend 10 minutes about how she claimed the marks on her dress could be spinach dip. NPR has an evening show title, All Things Considered, which is the most ludicrous title in news. Because NPR is liberal things considered. It doesn't like considering conservative or Republican things. It doesn't like considering having on Republicans or conservatives to have a space for rebuttal. So usually the way the NPR newscast is structured, you can go on NPR.org and see what all their features are. That's where you'd say, well, there was no feature on this. Now somebody could get persnickety and say, well, maybe it was in the top of the hour newscast. All right, but that's not giving something three or four or five minutes, the way that NPR is going to give, I don't know, eight minutes over the last couple of days to Ray Epps' Sue's Fox News channel. So I went back. There is a page on NPR News Now about, that tells you or gives you the audio files to the top-of-the-hour newscast. Now, I normally listen at 6 p.m. when I'm in my car. So I thought... I will start there at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. newscast. What's the top story? President Biden in Europe talking about Ukraine. Let's go to our White House reporter. Followed by Vermont flooding. What everybody needs to know across the nation about flooding in Bernie Sanders land. And then here's Scott Horsley with some good news on inflation. That's the first three minutes. Now, what happens with these top-of-the-hour newscasts is then they go, this is National Public Radio. And then they do another two minutes. But a lot of stations cut out after the first three minutes. WETA Classical, which I often have on in my car to listen to this sort of thing, because the 6 p.m. newscast doesn't air on the regular NPR station because they have this marketplace junk on. Anyway, after the three minutes, then... NPR had 26 seconds on, oh, by the way, they, the Secret Service put the pish posh on the cocaine. Then they gave you a minute on profits at Delta Airlines. And you're like, really? That gets twice the amount of coverage as, oh, we couldn't find any coke at the White House. Who's, the, who's responsible? So if you were listening uh, on a NPR station at 6, you might not have heard it because they put it after the break when some people drop out. The same thing happened at 8 p.m. I went and checked. Their big story at 8 p.m., actor strike, soundbite of Fran Drescher being very upset. 
Fran Drescher still waiting for her nanny residuals. She's obviously going to make sure she still gets her nanny residuals because what's she been on since then? Then, of course, they give you 52 seconds on Jack Smith saying there's no need for Donald Trump's trial to be delayed. Let's start it in December. Screw the presidential campaign. Then it, they had a story, an almost minute-long story on the FDA has approved an over-the-counter birth control pill. How delightful. And then, once again, at 8 p.m., 20 seconds on cocaine after the three-minute, this is National Public Radio. The 7 p.m. NPR newscast, well, that had, that had no cocaine story whatsoever. They did do a story on how it's hot in Phoenix. <laughs> Breaking news, hot in Phoenix in July. Uh, once again, that, that uh, newscast at 7 p.m. started with Biden abroad. Soundbite of Biden abroad. Then, Biden versus Tuberville. Another soundbite of Biden. No soundbite of Tuberville. No soundbite of a Republican. I looked at four hours of five-minute newscasts. There's no Republican soundbites anywhere here. Uh, also in the 7 p.m. newscast, after the uh, This is NPR break, Pianist Andre Watts died. That was more important than cocaine. And then this one really killed me. Dock workers in Canada ended a strike. Nobody cares. All right, so then the one time I found an actual cocaine story with a reporter was the 5 p.m. newscast. Now, here in the D.C. market, all things considered starts at 4 and runs till 6. So maybe if you're technically, if you're listening to All Things Considered in D.C., you might have heard this story. But this is what kills me. They go to Deirdre Walsh, who is the congressional correspondent, very biased woman. And this is how the Republicans are characterized. No, no soundbite. Republicans are calling the investigation a cover-up without evidence, saying the White House has multiple security layers. So the, the uh, Secret Service has no evidence, can't find any evidence of where this cocaine came from. And Deidre Walsh of NPR is running around saying, Republicans are saying without evidence. Well, yeah, because the Secret Service isn't giving us any evidence. So you can't say there's a cover-up when the Secret Service has no evidence to provide. That's the NPR line today. So let's repeat. This is not just some Republicans' pounce story. This is a Secret Service competence story, and it smells of cover-up. Are they covering for the Bidens? Are they covering for the Secret Service? Maybe the cocaine belonged to a Secret Service agent. We've had Secret Service scandals. Definitely under Obama we had some. But the dominant thought here is what I caught on the Jake Tapper show where he, uh, he says to White House reporter Justin Diamond, does the White House expect this story to just go away? And Diamond says, yes, they do. <laughs> that's what they hope. So I think that's what we're going to have to watch for, is to see if Team Biden wins here on changing the subject. Now, if you were watching Nicole Wallace on Thursday, I feel sorry for you. But no, what's interesting is I kept looking back at it over the two hours waiting for them to get to the cocaine story. She never did. She spent two hours obsessing over Trump. 
It's kind of comical. Now, uh, in the 5.30 to 6 half hour, she did get to Biden briefly, but it was basically like Biden's a real hawk on Ukraine and Trump's basically a traitor. That, that's, um, we, we get to Biden just for a minute. So the other thing we were really following the last couple of days on Wednesday, there was a blockbuster hearing for the House Republicans with FBI Director Christopher Wray. Now, remember how all the networks went wall-to-wall with live coverage for the Pelosi pick panel. All the networks never got enough of Robert Mueller's investigation. Now we can't get all the networks to do one solitary news story. So we have this big story, big big, uh, probe with Christopher Wray. CBS Evening News, no story. NBC Nightly News, no story. You know, Kevin Tober, he sits here to... To find this. ABC had a story with Rachel Scott whining about how the Republicans are being unfair. So that's where you can start having a a, a quiz. Which is better? Complete omission or bias by commission? I generally choose the story that acknowledges the reality exists, even if you don't like it. So here's another topic, a tactic we feel compelled to employ at Newsbusters. We're a little old-fashioned. How did the newspapers cover this hearing? As National Review puts it, what happened on Dead Tree? What do national newspapers signal to people who still read newspapers? So let's review the Thursday morning results. First, none of these liberal broadsheets put the Ray hearing on the front page. Sadly, USA Today didn't have it at all on Thursday. Because they closed down their shop for the day before the Denny's early bird special. Well, okay, actually, I looked this up. Uh, Apparently, the early bird special isn't so much a thing now because the baby boomers don't want to do anything that stereotypical old people would do, (laughs) like going to a cheesy restaurant at 4 p.m. So, just the same way the baby boomers don't want anybody to call them grandma or grandpa. They have to be Mimi and Poo Poo and Papa. Get over it. USA Today did get to the story on Friday. They put seven paragraphs on page 2A. Still couldn't put it on the front page the next day. On the front page instead on Friday, rape charges against college football recruits. That's their big investigation. And also on the top of the front page, a story on how an upcoming gun case at the Supreme Court is Definitely going to be embarrassing for the right-wingers. You know, embarrassing for the right-wingers. This is a major measurement of whether something is newsworthy. And then USA Today for the weekend had a big special section titled Birth and Death. The front page story of that section was headlined, Meet Moms Who Fear for Their Lives a Year After Dobbs. In a battle between moms and unborn children, moms want their own lives. Forget the unborn babies. Now, in this section, there was a rather contentious story on crisis pregnancy centers. I suppose it's a good thing that they got some attention, but as usual, they were treated as wildly controversial. There's so much more wildly controversial than people who kill babies in the ninth month. All right, next worst was the New York Times, which on Thursday put the Christopher Wray hearing on page A15. 
Now, somebody may say, hey, Tim, anybody who reads a copy of the New York Times knows inside the paper, they put the foreign news first and then the national news is halfway through the paper. So when you say A15, come on, buddy. Okay, but on Thursday, the national section started on page A11. So they had four other pages saying, yeah, 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 we'll get to Christopher Ray." The top story in the national section, I kid you not, was from Santa Cruz, California. There with the color photo, the headline, Otter with a penchant for hanging 10 is taking surfboards in California. <laughs> Fred Bozell always wanted to put this in our copy. We're not joking. There were literally two stories on paint and climate and the EPA on pages A12 and A13. Actually, one of the paint stories about white paint saving the planet was a front page story. Now, there was a Congress story on the front page of the New York Times. It was headlined, Far-Right Republicans Seek to Defund Ukraine. Now, I have to ask, what about Republicans who just want to question all the spending on Ukraine? Eh, are we spending too much? Have we sent them everything? Maybe we shouldn't send them the cluster bombs. Are you a right-wing kook just for questioning Ukraine policy? Right there on page one, there were the labels right-wing, socially conservative, far-right, hard-right, and ultra-conservative. That's five labels in four paragraphs, people. Inside the paper, there was more of the same. Five uses of right wing, a hard right, two ultra conservatives, a conservative, and of course, mainstream Republicans, as in people who aren't Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a star of this piece. Now, perhaps the New York Times knew that this story was super labeled. And so at the in the very last paragraph, you get a quote from Elise Stefanik, who uses the words far left twice in one sentence. Just a tiny little, you know, salt and pepper of balance there in the last paragraph. So the actual Ray hearing story in the New York Times, as you would expect, uh, touted the liberal media spin. Hey, Christopher Ray is a registered Republican. Christopher Ray said, it's insane to me that I'm called biased against conservatives. That was the hot quote that they like to use. In the caption to a black and white photo because Christopher Ray is not an otter who surfs. Uh, it has Ray saying the FBI, quote, does not and has no interest in protecting anyone politically. Oh, really? <laughs> Fact check? At least this story got to the weird Richmond field office memo about how they somehow need to engage in surveillance on traditionalist Catholics like Here's where the domestic terrorism really kicks in during Eucharistic adoration. Uh, they also had uh, mentioned the gun-toting FBI raid on the home of pro-life activist Mark Houck. You'll remember this story. Mark Houck had the audacity to shove a clinic escort who was hassling his child. And later, the FBI raided his home guns blazing. Now, this was really something, the way that this was characterized in the New York Times. Quote, Mr. Ray pushed back hard when Representative Chip Roy, a Texas Republican, accused agents of using excessive force to arrest an anti-abortion activist in Pennsylvania, Mark Houck, 
who was acquitted of charges that he used violence to block access to a Planned Parenthood clinic. Among Republicans, Mr. Houck has become a symbol of FBI overreach and animus toward conservatives. But Mr. Ray refused to second-guess the way his agents, who had decades of experience, handled the arrest. They did not storm his house, Mr. Ray said. They knocked on his door and identified themselves. Hello, we've got guns a-blazing, let us in. (laughs) Oh, they're so polite. Do use your napkin while you bring in your guns. Um, (laughs) They did not storm his house, said Christopher Ray. All right, so then the Wall Street Journal put the Christopher Ray hearing on page A4. Their top story of the day on Thursday, inflation cools to slowest pace since 2021. Well, that's true, but it's a little like touting, hey, you have a little less itch in your heavy rash. Sadie Gurman's hearing story in A4 actually quoted Democrats first, a little clip of Jerry Nadler saying the hearing was little more than performance art. You know, let's make this point. I think this is an important point. When you had the Pelosi pick panel, they didn't have anybody inside the hearing saying it was performance art. These hearings of Christopher Ray or John Kerry, whoever is being grilled, the Democrats are in that hearing. They get as much time to attack the Republicans in the hearing. That did not happen on the January 6th panel. Later in the story, the Wall Street Journal let Matt Gates ask, are you protecting the Bidens? So the GOP got five words. But the Wall Street Journal gave Ray five quotes defending himself and the Bureau. And of course, German did this typical spin that it's an unusual moment when the law and order party is questioning law enforcement. Well, this is not unusual. This has been the liberal spin since 2017, that whenever you question James Comey, you're somehow against law and order. So the Washington Post wins first prize for stinking the least. They put the Ray story on A2, at the bottom of A2, under a story on Congress questioning the PGA Tour on Saudi Arabia. The top of the Washington Post front page was Biden walked a fine line in Vilnius and fresh signs of easing prices. The hot story at the top of the front page, literally, with all the color photographs, was headlined, Alarms for a planet on edge. Flooding, fires, and lethal heat. Warming's link to extreme events is clear. What isn't, experts say, is when we'll act. Yes, there on the front page you get rampant advocacy. Experts say you're all pussies on the planet. At the bottom of the front page, they are the post, they have that sort of inside section that said they promised a story on, quote, FBI Director Christopher A. Ray rebuffed House GOP claims of agency bias against conservatives. At least they didn't say refuted House Republicans or debunked House Republicans. You know, a lot of times liberal journalists, you can see that when liberals reply or people liberals like reply, they'll say it. They debunked. Right there, first quote in the uh, Washington Post story is Ray saying, it's insane to me that I'm called biased against conservatives. Yeah, that is the spin. We did get the Gates question about protecting the Bidens, and then we get Democrat Ted Lieu of California. 
he dismissed much of the Republican criticism of the FBI as thinly disguised campaigning for Trump's 2024 presidential bid. We don't have a two-tiered system of justice, said Ted Lieu. It's not the fault of the FBI that Donald Trump surrounded himself with criminals. Donald Trump brought that upon himself. We won't expect Glenn Kessler, Washington Post fact-checker, to evaluate the bilge of Ted Lieu. Donald Trump surrounded with people that Robert Mueller got like uh, Manafort and, and Michael Flynn, etc., people who were pressured into pleading. Uh, this story did not get to the surveilling of Latin mass Catholics in Virginia, even though, hey, this is the Washington Post. You got subscribers in Virginia. Uh, the Post also didn't get to the Mark Houck raid or the Mar-a-Lago raid. It did wind down at the end with a little focus on how the FBI and the Justice Department was monitoring that, monitoring that threat of parents asking hostile questions at school board meetings. Yes, Merrick Garland thought that was somehow going to be a, a terrible threat. Uh, now, if you listen to podcasts from the old Media Research Center, do not miss the latest Brittany Hughes show. This one, hey, this is new. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration under the Biden administration is about to impose stringent new regulations on boating speeds off the East Coast, all to protect the same whales that environmentalists say are being killed by the left's beloved green energy projects. That's a new spin. Make sure you listen to Brittany. And when you want to come to get up what we're finding on the nightly news, or not finding on the nightly news, what we're finding on the morning programs, what kind of idiocy we're finding from Joy Reid or Joy Behar, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.